What's up, Bama sports fans? This is Quincy Moran from the BS Podcast. And this is a little pre-note that our show for this week, um, we had some technical difficulties. So Austin Dash, our Saban correspondent, his audio did not download, but the group suggested we go ahead and publish the episode. So enjoy this show with the Moran brothers, Quincy, Josh, Minus Austin Dash. We only got seven seconds of audio. Here you go. Roll Tide. One message for you took from your aunt. Uh-huh. She will bust both of you in the head. You know who me? It's not rocket size, you know. I think you, like me, um, have a face for radio. You know who me? If we don't play, we can play as we got. That's why it sucks. I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to you. This kind of unprofessionalism does not need to be tolerated. And I mean it. Like, you know who me? You know who me? You know who me? You know who me? What the hell is going on here? Let's all hang up. Another episode of the BS Podcast. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. There's all kinds of noise in my ear now. Oh, jeez. Uh, we need a little bit more professionalism. It's the BS Podcast in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Roll Tide, everybody. Welcome back to the BS Podcast. I am your host, Quincy W. Moran, a.k.a. the Q Diggity Dog. That or the Q Dog. Either one, call me either. In the BS studio with none other than Joshua Moran. Josh Moran, what's up? Say what's up. Sup. We are the Moran Brothers tandem. Now, as you uh, as you may not know, well, you do know if you're looking at us because we are on video today. One Mr. Digital, Austin Dash in the house, our saving correspondent. What is going down, Austin Digital Dash? Yes, we are here. And Uncle Bill is out. Wild Bill is on assignment. Yeah, I got um, it. Got it, mate. Got it, mate. I don't know what that means, but uh, Wild Bill is on assignment. Can y'all hear me? Y'all hear me? I love the intro yeah. of the show. Uh, with that being said, it's time to get into uh, the BS podcast this week. And there is much to talk about as I have made notes on my, uh, on my iPad. Yeah, I'm glad, you, I'm glad you made some notes because I have none. That's okay. I got. I know you got some things you want to talk about. Um, before we get started, though, this episode of the BS Podcast is brought to you by Man vs. Marriage, the podcast. That's right. Do you want to be a better man? Do you want to be a better husband? Do you want to be a better father? Do you want to be a better lover like you descended from the gods? That's right. It is the Man vs. Marriage podcast. Jump on in. Find us everywhere that you find your podcast. Uh, does your marriage suck? Uh, uh, we, when, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. We can help you with that. Is your marriage great? We can help you with that. Uh, are you a loser? Are you a degenerate? I'm not sure we can help you with that, but give us a try. It's Man versus Marriage, the podcast. Okay. There we go. Um, uh, you need to get in touch with whoever the owners are because their last check bounced. Um. 
and we need the money for this podcast. I'll let the guy know. I uh, thank you. I don't recall writing a check to sponsor the podcast, but um, I'll get back well, to you. Our sponsors like Matt, like uh, you know, don't they give you some green? You know, it's sometimes it depends on what you work out. You might work out like an exchange. Um, what did you work out? An exchange for services. Well, here's here's the the devil's in the details. This is what it is. I produce mm-hmm. this podcast, and mm-hmm. I want to tell everybody about my Man versus Marriage podcast. So I made right. an executive decision to sponsor it, and my time okay. is the sponsorship. So that makes um, sense. The podcast, okay. <laughs> this uh, the Man versus Marriage podcast sponsors the production, the audio production. I got one. I got one. The BS podcast brought to you by Josh and Melly sitting on the TV or in front of the TV watching football. I love it. Great sponsor. Great yeah, sponsor. I love it. I love yeah. it. It's a it's a great sponsorship. And finally, our last our last sponsor, the BS podcast, is brought to you by the Dash Family. That's right. Can't wait my cheeks go away. You are a great. You know what? The gym loves customers like you. But yeah. Congratulations. They, they, on the other hand, do not like me. But congratulations on going to the gym. Way to get her done, baby. Quincy's, like, Quincy's like the uh, the fat guy that goes to the buffet and stays there for four hours. Yes. No more cheesy potato. What is that, Josh? That's how you are at the gym. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. actually, this morning we only had like 36 minutes at the gym because uh, we were fooling with Kirsten this morning at – the the early hour of five thirty, she had to watch some TV before we could leave. So, kind of kind of shut us down. But okay, boys, let's hop on in there now. I know there's hey, a uh, in there too, though. There's a secondary dash uh, running backup on the other side, so we will look to have some comment um, from our other dash that is uh, Amber sitting right beside you now. Before we do that, I just want to let Josh know that, um, Josh, your audio is trash right now, and I don't know why. What, like what's wrong with it? It just kind of sounds like you're in a bucket. You know, it's not normally as clear as you as you usually are. just kind of want to throw that out there. Well, how do I um, fix it? I don't know. But uh, let's go on. Here's what we are going to – here's what we're going to talk about today. Talk to me. Yes, yes, what is it? P P T L get the deal done. I'll throw some money at it. Come on. Let's go. I know. I know. Let's do it. That'll, that kind of leads into what I'm talking about. So, uh, up for the first quarter, uh, the opening of the show, I want to talk about a few different things. I'll highlight some, uh, bullet points. Uh, Josh and I'll start talking about that and then I'll come to you, Austin dash. How's my microphone sound now? It's uh, it's it's loud, and it's uh, kind of edgy, but it's good. How about, how about right now? That's okay. 
How about, is it louder now? That's perfect right there. Just leave it. Gonna leave it there. It, okay, hang on. I'm, I don't want to do that. Stop test. Okay, how about now? Let's just leave it there. It's good. All right. Well, trying to fix it. Lock it up. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm all, I can do two things at once. I'm just trying to fix it. Okay. All right, so here's what we're going to talk about the opening of the show. First quarter, up and running, Pete Golden. He's gone. Bye, bye, bye. Um, Bill O'Brien, still here. Why? Glad we got an update on that. A capital murderer in T-Town. What in the world is going on there? Uh, the Bama D.C. search, an absolute destruction. Bama basketball, those are a few things we're going to talk about. As we get started here, Josh, you had your hand up. Go ahead and start chatting. Yeah, the Bama basketball team has been absolutely killing it, and uh, one of the members took it way too far. I I was going to say too soon. It is cool to murder people. You're right. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very bad. It's a bad thing to do. All right, so let's talk about let's talk about Pete Golding. And I read a comment uh, from Who, Lane who's Kiffin. that? Who's I read that? a comment from uh, Lane Kiffin talking about Pete Golding, and that he is a championship mm-hmm. caliber defensive coach. Oh yeah. And so yeah, sure. I took it upon myself to give you some 2022 rankings for the Alabama defense, and this is the guy that just left. This is uh, this is who we are. Alabama's defense in 2022 uh, ranked number 13 nationally. In total defense, mm-hmm. um, ranked ninth in the country in scoring defense at 318.2 yards a game. Um, ranked number four nationally in uh, yards per play at 4.6 yards per play, and that's number one in the SEC. And there is your there are some <coughs> stats uh, for Pete Golding, and let's not forget before Pete Golding we had Tosh Lapoy. Ow. So don't care. Where does that lead us? Who are the leading candidates? Oh, go ahead, guys. Get a little color. That blew my mind. Yeah. Yeah, it really it definitely surprised me. Yeah. yeah, and I would uh, I would say out of 131 teams, we were probably 132nd. We sucked that bad. <laughs> I definitely don't have that stat up in front of me, but I think that's a very interesting question. Um, as Pete Golding is gone, that leads us to the conversation with who who are the leading candidates to take his place and I have some of those Real quick, here I got I something to say. Go ahead, say it. I don't say I don't it. think it really has too much as much to do with uh the stats the defense put up as in Saban needs to get back to having coaches that you know know what he wants and the values he's trying to instill and um and we got to get back to being Bama uh from the bottom up. So I don't care if he's got decent stats uh our program's not where it used to be, and it, it's 
the coaches gas to go. Yeah, and you know what? I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say here that uh, you actually you echo the comments and the sentiment from Coach Saban um, because he he's the guy who's saying that we need to get back to an Alabama style quality of defense. And um, so you're right on the money there. Austin, what did you have? Right. Well, I've got – no, it, it makes total sense, and that is, that's part of the issue that we it's, – it's that lack of mental toughness that we had in you know, the fortitude to, to fight through those difficult situations. And the team I'm, – I'm going to present to you that maybe uh, Coach Cochran had a lot to do with that, but there's another name that I believe had, had something to do with that as well. Uh, that I'll mention to you here in just a minute. So here are the leading candidates um, with the latest news of about an hour ago. Uh, we're looking at Todd Grantham. Not happy about that name, but uh, I'll give you. The I want to see what I want to see what something I want to see what something does. Okay. What so is there's, this? Uh, there's Todd Grantham. Can you see this? Yes. Scrolling. I don't see you scrolling yet, but uh, hang on, that's the wrong, that's the wrong one. Hang on. So he's coached in uh, uh, on multiple levels. He coached in the pros. He coached in college football, and um, his most recent, like one of his most recent, like how about this? Yeah, we got gotcha. you. Relative to uh, are you serious? Yeah, sweet. That's and that's going to be on the uh, video. That, I know. That's why I made you a show manager. Uh, so this Todd is going to be on the video, though. Quincy, hold on one second. We just—I know it's live, but it's working out. Is this on? Uh, how do you make it bigger, though? That's what she said. It's just going to be like. <laughs> so it's just going to be like this. But so technically, what you should see if we're recording video is us three at the bottom and the link up top, right? That's exactly what we see. Okay, well, I'm going to find you. You're talking about Todd. We need to learn. The farther we go, we'll get on the, you know, we'll just figure out what link we're going to share. And as you talk, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that comes with that comes with show prep. <laughs> so, Quincy, we're sh- this uh, is show prep. Okay, we're prepping. We're prepping. All right, cool. Prepping. Well, I'm going to try Grantham. my best. I'm going to try to do this as we go now. All right. Okay, so if you want to Google Todd Grantham. Um, All right, he's down here. There he but is. I'll Google his name actually. So let's see if this. Yeah, works. so we can see him. Um, and he's probably the least favorite of all the candidates that I'm looking at. And uh, most recently, as we'll read, he uh, he went to Florida with uh, with Dan Mullen, and I was none too impressed with that. Uh, yeah, none too impressed with that Florida defense. I'm just gonna play around. So. Okay, go ahead. And uh I mean he's had stints at 
in the SEC championship or something like that? Or no, that was a that was a regular season. Actually, our last trip, our last trip to Gainesville, um, was against Dan Mullen and his his team, and. Uh, Yes, it was. It's the um, yeah. His name is um, I can't remember. So yeah, and it it was uh, it wasn't close in the first half, and then we we just about lost the game in the second half. So you know, coming up next is Jim Leonard. Anybody ever heard of Jim Leonard? Uh, former NFL. Uh, I gotta say back. something about. Uh, I don't want anybody from freaking uh, to, uh, Florida on my team. Well, I don't blame you there. Jim Leonard uh, was a, a defensive back for ten years in the NFL, based on my research. Uh, he was a walk-on at Wisconsin, uh, pretty hard-nosed dude, um, and he is. Uh, I believe he's the defensive coordinator at Wisconsin right now. So sure I'm, not is. Sure, I'm not sure exactly what uh, what he brings to the table or Wisconsin's style of defense or where they rank. I didn't take the time to look at that, but he's an interesting pick. Um, you know, he seems uh, being a cornerback. I, I think that gives us a leg up on the, one of the parts of the defense that we are desperate for. And I also have a scenario. It's true. It's true. And he has Big Ten athletes, which some of those athletes are great. Um, can you see the defense? Right. Can you see the stats? So you'll have to read them. Yeah, you'll have to read them to us because the it's uh, all right. So it looks like their opponents uh, twenty points a game. Uh, 70 rushing yards a game, 118 passing. Wait, that can't be true. No, that's first downs. I'm dumb. All right, let's see here. 1,641 yards. Yeah, I got to find better stats. Keep going. I'll figure out where it was. The, the, the next two picks, and then I have a scenario for you. You know, the next two picks we're looking at, Jeremy Pruitt is one they're talking about. And and I think the – the biggest detractor for him is whether the NCAA is going to is going to hear his case for show cause and why he got fired at Tennessee. With that being said, he started with coach Saban as the director of player development. So, if you look at him and if he was there, he was there during that Kirby Smart Kevin Steele time and he was the director of player development, I think that he had some influence on our on our mental toughness. He had some influence on uh, how we executed defense. Now, the next the next name is Glenn Schumann, which is a co defensive coordinator since uh, 2019 in Georgia. Here's what I think would be a very interesting scenario from my point of view. Let's say because Jeremy Pruitt has too much baggage. What if we bring Glenn in and then bring Jeremy in as a co-DC just in case he does get the show cause penalty and can't coach in football anymore, but we have the best of both worlds, or bring him back for player development, which sounds like an oxymoron because of the violations at Tennessee. But Glenn Schumann...
Right. So I want it. Go ahead. I got to yeah, be honest. So I've never heard of this Glenn Schumann schmuck until this year. Well, you've. Yeah, I'm just saying, I've never heard of him. But now that he's, I know he's played at Alabama, I take seen this part of his, uh You've seen part of his product on the field, which has been pretty impressive, if you ask me. But uh, isn't wasn't he a co-defensive coordinator? Yeah, co-DC, which sounds like still, a good... still pretty, still pretty good. Let's talk. Let's look and see, Josh, if you can find out. Let me see if I can find out what his position coach is or what his position is. Um, let's see, 32. He's the first guy that Kirby Smart asked to go to Georgia with him. Uh, he was his right-hand man for four or five years at Alabama. Um, he's an Alabama he was, graduate, started his coaching career as a student assistant in 28, uh, 2008 to 2011. Uh, graduate assistant, 211 to 214 under Saban. He became, he became the director of football operations. He's been the co-defense coordinator at 2019, sharing the title this past season with Will Muschamp. Schumann calls the plays. Ooh. Both make Oh, Schum Schumann calls the plays, huh? Yep. Hmm. Uh, both make $800,000. Um, okay. I mean, to me, that's he's your leading candidate right there. Um if he wants to come back home and coach and being that he was Kirby's right-hand man for four out of five years as he ran the defense, it only makes sense that we need to, we should be signing his contract now. So I also like the, the more I read about this, wait, you're on a delay, aren't you? Is there, Oh, okay. I think so. I, I'm uh, the more I read about this Austin Armstrong too. I think he's going to be a big deal. Uh, he's super young, and the Southern Miss defense already had a, a nickname, the Nasty Bunch. So apparently, they were uh, they're all over the field. They fly around like you want want Alabama defense to do. They create a lot of turnovers, and uh, it makes sense why Saban's bringing him in. Yeah, yeah, and, that, and that's a great look. I'm glad you brought him up. Um, and Aaron, thanks to – I think it was Amber is the one. No, Austin sent us this, and then Amber was concerned, like I was at first, that he was the new defensive coordinator, but he's, he's just on the staff. He's on yeah. field, though, so. And and he coached, he coached inside linebackers um, as a defensive coordinator, which we desperately need somebody who coaches guys called the Nasty Bunch – we need that kind of attitude for our inside linebackers. I mean, and he on. was on Georgia's staff. So now Nick Saban's going to pull a Kirby card and take some of your people, you, you little bastard. Yeah, uh, bring them bring home. So J
yeah, as from a competitive standpoint, you're right. You're right. And he has the inner workings of what's going on at Georgia. And, you know, turnabout is fair play. It it happens. There's You're harvesting all the time from, from everybody's coaching tree. So he's won a title at uh, – at Georgia, no doubt he won a title at Alabama under, you know, different uh, circumstances. But he has the chance to, you know, he has the chance to come over, maybe be the full-time defensive coordinator and really, really shake up what we're doing. So I really hope that um, – I really hope Saban gets this done. I mean, I think it's very important that this happens sooner rather than later because we're going in um, to spring. I mean, look. January is halfway over, so we're going to be in this. We're going to be at spring, uh, the spring game before you know it. I know they announced the A day. How about know, that, this, y'all? That's what I got to say to Kirby right there. Um, we're coming for your trees. Your hedge bushes are dead, bitch. Let me uh, let me take a look and see right there. Um. Josh, what do you think of that scenario I gave with uh, with uh, Schumann coming in as the as the head defensive coordinator and bringing uh, Jeremy Pruitt back as uh, player development or something of that nature? You know, I'm not typically one. I, I got to be honest, though. Uh, you know, I kind of gave Auburn some shit when they brought that guy back, but I don't really like cheaters. You know, I, I'm not I'm not the one that's going to say, oh, well, it's going to benefit us. But at the end of the day, if he comes, I'm going to have to be like a Bama fan because that's what I am. Uh, but honestly, I don't want that shade around the program. Yeah, I got it. I, I think I, I do think a lot of that goes on everywhere. It's it does, but he got caught. caught. Yeah. Correct. But in Auburn yeah. or in Texas A&M, you got a uh, – you got a, a really horny hornball and then a Jimbo. And then in Auburn, you got a hornball. So, screw it. Why not? Screw it. Get Pruitt. Screw um, it. Get Pruitt. Get Chet. Um, I did not, but what's uh, what's the story about him? Are you kidding me? Wait, Rush Probst? Oh, wow. Wow. As they should. What in the world are they thinking? That That's ridiculous. I, that one's going to be a little harder to come back from. I mean, you know, I'm a man of faith. I, I'm in the Christian faith. I believe in second chances and forgiveness. But this guy's got two families. So that's going to make it a little weird. That'll make it a little weird around the... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Hey guys, we got a live looking on Hugh Freeze. Check it out. <laughs> and and you'd be surprised uh, to know he's actually the one in the stockings. Just, is uh is that a live recruit at uh recruiting? 
A recruiting uh, kit from Auburn? Yeah, but they're, they're for the JV team. Oh, well. <laughs> Brian Kelly? That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we have uh, we've talked about Pete Golding and what he brought to the table. We talked about the defensive coordinators and who we think the search is going to be. Now, Alabama basketball. I want to make the same joke Josh did, but I think that's in poor taste. So I'm going to. Which one are you talking about? How they killed? How they killed it? And one of their guys just took it too far. Yeah, that's what in the world is that all about, Josh? Give us. Quincy, give us some I insight. have no, I have no idea, and I don't know. Why are you showing us it. the LSU Alabama score, dude? Because I'm rusty, and I'm just figuring it out. We there we go. In our face. That's better. How's that one? That's better. Uh, honestly, I, I got to uh... tell you about about Darius Miles. Uh, last year, he got a ton of playing time, <clears throat> and he was in the rotation. Uh, but after the season, Nate Oates said that the team was lazy. There was only one guy, and that's Javon, uh, Javon Quinterly, that showed up for the morning non-mandatory shoot-around, uh, and they were in the NCAA tournament. You had one guy show up because they didn't have to be there. They weren't there. He was one of them. So fast forward to this year, all those lazy players, they're gone. They don't even play there no more, and he's the last one left. Well, he was injured. He comes back. He's getting a little playing time. Then he's out for a personal matter. Then he's out for an ankle. Now he's murdering somebody. Allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly but murdering somebody. I don't know. It's kinda of, it's kinda of like it's kinda of like you uh you you're you're surprised, but you're not surprised based on where did his playing time go? I know that people are gonna say he was injured, but uh the trajectory was on the way down. That is so I'm surprised and it sucks for the family of the lady, but uh, if this is true, you know, uh, he should be in prison. Yeah, you know he's gonna he's gonna get um, he's gonna get his time in front of the judge, but it definitely it definitely doesn't sound good. I know during in the report that I read, um, it happened really early in the morning, like you said, Josh, yeah, it, with the Georgia players uh, and uh, and coach or staff member that passed away, nothing good happens at that time in the morning. Um, they were – two guys were identified. One guy took a shot from the car that uh, that they were shooting. Um, the tough thing is is that you don't – I mean, it's so shocking to even – why are you even in that – putting yourself in that position? Why are you out at that time of night in the morning, et cetera? And you are you're you have a responsibility to yourself as a as a student and, a, and to your team as an athlete, and you're out doing God knows what and and you know allegedly. Yeah, I agree. Life. There's just no respect for anyone else but yourself. You're in a bad. You know, I've I've done a lot of bad things, not like that, but made a lot of mistakes. But uh, violence was not one, and. Uh, we have a live looking on Darius Miles. I know it's wrong, but I, I've got to be me. So y'all check that out. That is. He's escaped from jail and he's on the run. And is, he's not the same color. He is very good at uh, identity changing. That's pretty good. Yeah, that wasn't as funny as you wanted it to be. Um, I don't care. I I don't know these people, man. I hate it for the fam- for the family. But that's yeah. the extent of me, you know, like. Well, 
I'm sure there will be there's more to come, you know, as as this plays out. But you know, absolutely, I have no idea who the lady was. Um, but man, that whoever I don't even know why she was out that late at night. So nothing good about this situation. Um, and let me tell you, how, and let me tell you where the difference is with this and the Bills situation with that guy. Uh, dying on the field. Uh, the Bama players have to play a game tomorrow. So there's no prayers for anybody. Uh, you know, prayers for so-and-so, uh, anybody. They got to play tomorrow. Yeah, the, the article reads, will Alabama bounce back against Vanderbilt? That's who they're playing tomorrow? They got to play tomorrow, and they're playing Vanderbilt on the road, yes. That's wild. I well, mean, that's that just is. my point. The the games, the, the show goes on, man. It is what it is. Yeah, things happen. I, the show does go on. I think the, the there's a there's quite a distinction um, between the two, and I would I would say they want to distance themselves from this particular situation because there's nothing good about what the guy has done. Now we don't know the story, and that's why we say allegedly it uh, there was enough for him to get arrested. Um, so we'll have to wait until that plays out. So moving on. Go ahead. Hey, real quick, I want to say something about that. Uh, if I don't know if y'all noticed, but now the Bengals and the Bills play next week, and the Bengals have to go on the road. Whereas if they would have finished that game Tuesday and maybe they would have won, they'd be at home right now uh, playing a playoff game. So, well, anyways, you know. But the only people uh, that are mad about it are the, uh, you know, the fans of the Bengals. <laughs> I like Joe now, Burrow. Let's uh, let's talk about. Uh, oh, I can change it right. I can do this. Look at that technology. All right, cool. Let's talk about this, which I'm very impressed. Austin, thanks for uh, throwing some information about Malik Benson into the uh, into the chat, the Bama Sports chat. Um, just watching the video for what he brings to the table has me very, very excited. One thing, and I know this was his highlight reel, but one thing that's really impressive, when you throw the ball to him, he catches it. I mean, that is, whew, that's a big deal. Hey, can, can you can you hear that? You can't Josh, hear it? Josh, I know this is live and you're figuring it out, but don't, don't interrupt the talent as they're talking. Can or, you hear that? No. I will... I will revoke your privileges soon if you don't. Okay, so we can't we rate. can't bring sound in. Okay, we can, I'm sure we can. Uh, to quote you, we need we need a little more professionalism around here. <laughs> yeah. So there good. you go. You get a you get a you get a look uh, of Malik Benson on your screen, and I'm going to tell you what he reminds me of a certain Slim Reaper at six foot tall, 185 pounds. And can he blaze a trail? Look at this guy. Look at him go. go. I mean, he is just. Yeah, he uh, he has. This is what we wanted. This is who we wanted Kobe Prentice to be. Not to say that he wasn't, because I think when they got him in the, the right looks and the right space, he looked just like that. But it's never a problem to have two of them. That's exactly it.
It's all about play calling, though. Yeah. If you think about this, if you think about this, though, if you put Steve Sarkeesian or Lane Kiffin with the receivers we had this year, somebody's somebody's having a, a hell of a year because uh, they're going to throw, they're going to get them guys the ball in space where they where they can they can make a play. And I that's think what also, we seen. I think also they're going to get the right guys on the field because if you're not producing, yeah, then you're going to move to the back of the line. Isaiah and, Bond and Kobe Prentice would have shot right up. <laughs> Exactly. I agree. And another thing, when I look at uh, Malik, he is Juco, like you say, but his route running seems to be very crisp and precise. Um, He has the ability to make you miss. And then once you miss, he can turn those jets on. And like I say, with consistency, and uh, he's going to catch the football. And not all these catches are easy. Some of these are very tough catches. So, I really like what we're looking at. I'm I'm ecstatic that he chose the University of Alabama, and um, if we have you know if we have the the forefront being we're looking for character guys, character first, talent second. Uh, I think maybe we have a great guy here, and just just looking at yep. Now that's, and that's another that's that's something that's going to be very interesting as it develops along. But we're not going to know anything until this situation um, with Bill O'Brien is taken care of, and we get closer to a day game. The a day game is April the twenty second. April, yeah, four twenty two is the a day game. So it's not that far away. Um, yeah, and they'll have a couple of weeks of practice before. We'll have some press conferences, so there'll be more to see. Uh, and did we? Did you ever, Josh? Did you ever get a look at who we are getting from the transfer portal? I know, I know, Malik is one, uh, one of the guys that. We're I don't know how to guys. actually look at. I don't know how to look that up. Okay. Um, with that being said, it's time we jump into the second quarter. All right, it's we're going to talk all things Bama basketball. So, Josh, uh, as you jump into this, why don't you talk to us about what you saw um, at that Alabama-LSU game. They just got done really putting a spanking uh, on the Kentucky Wildcats. And then, funny enough, Kentucky beats number 5 Tennessee, and we're kind of scratching our head. We're like, how is this even possible? How, how does Tennessee lose – how does Tennessee lose to a really, really bad Kentucky team? But anytime Tennessee can lose, I'm happy about it. So, unless it has playoff implications for Alabama, uh, then I'm happy about it. Just throw well, them in the river. One thing, you, one thing you have to realize about Kentucky is uh, 
every year they're going to have uh, top-notch talent. So once they put it together, it doesn't matter who they're playing, they can beat them. Uh, you know, John Calipari spent the whole week, you know, kind of backing his team up, but also trying to motivate them in the national press. And you can tell that it worked. But if they keep going, I mean, they're, they're as dangerous as anybody, just like they always are. You know, I've seen them start like they have this year and make a run at the Final Four and almost win a national championship. So they're not out of it. Uh, Tennessee just got beat. And Alabama looks like the team that is – they look like – I don't care who's number one because we actually beat number one team on the road, so I don't even understand why we're sitting at four uh, just because they have a loss. If you look at their record, it's pretty trash. It's not the toughest schedule there is. And um, Alabama's got the number one player, in my opinion, in the country. They got a, they got three or four guys that can take over the game, and it doesn't matter at any point. They can do it, and they're all playing hard defense from start to finish. Um, they put the effort in. You can tell they worked their asses off and – I don't see any reason why they can't win a national championship. I've never seen them win one, but I've seen teams like this win them all the time. Uh, and to beat a team like LSU 40 by 40 points, I don't care where you're at, 40-point win in basketball is ridiculous. It shouldn't it is, happen. It is ridiculous. And I – Yep, and we've done it a couple times this year. Granted, so, one was in a three overtime game, but still, it happened. Yeah, this one, this one sure was not. It, you know, the my question to you, Josh, and and you kind of alluded to that earlier when we were talking about um, the capital murder situation. What is what is the distinct difference this year? With is it the quality of players? Is it is it Nate Oates evolving as a coach? Is it a different style of defense, or you know what what do you see as being like the number one, number two contributing factors when it comes to uh, Alabama basketball. Well, for one, it's his first year having his whole team recruited. Uh, yeah, he recruited Darius Miles. We'll write that one off as a mess up. But uh, most of his players work out. And if you look at what he did with uh, the remaining players from Avery Johnson's era, uh, when he had a guy like Herb Jones, a guy like John Petty, uh, they could just take over games, get so hot, and Herb Jones, you know, play defense from start to finish. That's what that team did that made the run to the Elite Eight. Should have went to the, should have went to the final four, but they couldn't hit free throws. Well, guess what? This year they can hit free throws. That's the reason they have not made it farther in the tournament. Uh, they last year's team could beat anybody, but they could also lose to anybody, and that goes down to the effort that I was talking about earlier. You got guys that don't really care. They don't show up to meetings unless they're mandatory. You're not going to win all your games, and you might, you might put it together for a game. And then the next game you suck because you're not really putting the preparation in there. These guys, it's riddled with freshmen. They're all over the court, but they're young. They play hard. They practice hard. And they're back to doing what Nate Oates likes to do. Uh, defense, transition, three-pointers. And now they've got with the inside game with Betty Ako, they've added that element, which they haven't been a great inside team. But now they're even going inside sometimes. So they're better at half court. Uh, that's been an Achilles heel is half-court play, but when the game slows down now, they can play it. They can play every style of basketball there is, and that's the difference. And that's the kind of basketball team he wants, and uh, I can't – I'm just hoping he stays for a long time. Yeah, I, and I just listening to what you're talking about, I think I think it mirrors the, the problem with the football team. Um, and I, I can't say this with any great detail – 
But when you have a team that shows up, everybody's committed, you have great leadership, you have the right work ethic, everybody has the same level of commitment and intensity, then the games that you're supposed to that you're supposed to win, you win. And the games that you have a chance to win or lose, you can come out with a handful of those games in basketball. And with Alabama, just one of those games would have sent us to the SEC championship. So I think that's a – I think that's a, one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I got a feeling we're going to see a different product next year. I do too. And that, uh, I'm with you. I I believe that, uh, I believe coach Saban said it well when he talked about the getting back to the brand of Alabama football that we expect. And I think it, I have to log into my YouTube next time. I don't have ads. I kind of screwed it up. Okay, all good. But it, it's pretty neat to talk about the game, and, uh, yeah, we're evolving ever so quickly on the show. This is what um, I wanted to do right here. Well, I want to do this. You have got it, and uh, we'll put some things together um, in the future to where we can have it ready, and uh, you'll be my Jamie. I love it. Uh, with that being said, just right now, I don't know if you're superstitious enough not to do it. What do you What do you see from this team – as far as the SEC tournament, and then, uh, you know, with that, what do you see from this team? How deep do you think they can go in the national tournament? I, I, I'm pretty sure by what I said before that uh, I'm very confident in this team. I'm <laughs> Who are they – who can – if they play like they can play, which we're 17 games in, they're 15-2. and two. If they were going to have a letdown, it would have happened after they got beat by Gonzaga – or after they got beat by um, Connecticut. But what did they do? They turned around and they beat North Carolina this next game. And then uh, after they lost to Gonzaga, they beat number 22 Mississippi, Mississippi State. Um, and now they're on a roll again. And it seems like every game they're getting better. Uh, and, and it's just like a snowball rolling down the hill. I fully expect this team to go to the Final Four. I honestly do. And once you get there, it's anybody's ball game. doesn't matter. I, I can't see them losing in the first round. They look like they might turn out to be a number one seed. I don't think they've ever been a number one seed. But if they do what they're supposed to do, like Saban says, and I'm sure Nate Oates says the same thing to his team, if if we control what we do and play what we the way we can play and play our style, no one can beat us. Even number one Houston on the road in their home court. Yeah, and so that, that brings me to my next question. Um what impact do you think it's going to have on the team uh, with Darius Miles, you know, obviously not playing in the game? I'm not sure what kind of impact player he is right now, but what what is he's not anything. He doesn't even okay. he doesn't even make the floor. So as far as a rotation standpoint, zero. Mentally, from what I've seen from this team, I think they're probably going to just come together, and uh, I think I think they'll be able to tune out all the noise and just play their game honestly i don't i can't judge that i I don't have any facts to back that up because we're gonna find out tomorrow night when the game plays we'll get into what uh what that looks like you know maybe on the next podcast we'll take a peek at that but 
I think it's uh, I think it's interesting. I, I think you make a lot of good points when it comes to the to the team, especially what you believe is going to drive them, you know, to uh, a little bit deeper into the tournament. And it it does look like they have solved based on recruiting, based on coaching, and now looking at performance. To me, it looks like they have solved, you know, some of those some of those problems that they have had historically. So I'm um, I'm interested to see. I think Final Four. I think they're they're incredibly capable, just like you've talked about. And I've watched them play probably more this year than I have uh, any at any point in in uh, years past. And I know we watched the game together on Saturday, and it was just one wow shot after another. Especially that. What about that half court shot just at uh, at halftime? That was a beauty. Just drained. It's coming. It. It's, it's coming up right here soon. Yeah, that, I thought that was awesome. I didn't know if he uh, got the shot off in time, but it counted. And uh, that put Alabama at, what, 59 points in 69. the first half. So, Wait, it was 59, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> All right, here it comes. No, wait, it's... Yeah, it's... Uh, that's something else, ain't it, dude? Yeah, I want to watch this half-court shot, though. It's coming up. Ah, even when they miss, it's nice. All right. Here we go. Seven. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, here comes okay. that Here comes that half-court uh, half shot, which is... I need a free throw, and here it comes. It's pretty impressive. And that's one... And guess what? Guess how old that guy is. He's a freshman. Josh, just to finish off, like to round off the the Bama basketball discussion, what is this team going to look like next year? I mean, how many freshmen will stick around, or are is is Nate Oates going to be going? I think again? you're going to have. Uh, I, well, I mean, look when you're when you're recruiting the top talent like he is, you're going to have turnover every year, and you know what? That's a good problem. Sometimes it's a bad problem, but uh, he's able to get guys and coach them up like we were stuck with a few guys from the last team for a couple of years and they're gone though um you got brandon miller he's gone that's a one and done player <clears throat> probably your number one draft pick uh betty Ako, he'll be back because he needs another year marcus sears will probably be back um you might lose Jaden bradley but I-, I wouldn't think we'd lose too many of these guys maybe two of them noah Clowney, he's going to come back even though he's having a phenomenal year uh, I think he needs to work on his offense, but I don't think this year there might be will be too many turnover, uh, too much turnover. But I'm not used to having a basketball team that's good, so I don't know. Yeah, I I hear you. I I think they uh, they certainly they certainly look unlike any team that I've seen in the past. Even you know um, with them last year, there there just seemed to be a bit more inconsistency, loss of confidence, and I haven't seen that. I haven't seen and there's that three before. freshmen on the floor right now. That, that three freshmen start. Three. That's uh, Th- Three and three. And then you have another two, uh, another one that comes off the bench and contributes huge minutes. Yeah, so, we're talking, we're talking yeah. great when it, when it comes to it. And he's got another top five class right now, uh, even without uh, the couple four five stars that he might be able to get. So it's going to be it's going to be fun as long as he's here. 
All right, team. Yeah, and you know what? But if you look at the Houston game, it was a half-court battle, and we had to hit big free throws down the stretch, and it was a slowed-down game. Houston's the number one. I think they're up in the top five in scoring defense. They don't usually give up, like, 54 points a game maybe. Uh, Last time I looked, it might be a little off, but – uh, they scored 61 on those guys, and they, they battled them back and forth, were able to be physical. Uh, they're the number one rebounded team in the country, Alabama is. So you add that on top of everything else, and you're getting second, third shots all the time, the whole game. Uh, it's just it's just a great, great brand of basketball. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, and that, I remember uh, Saturday night we were watching the game. You said, yeah, another offensive rebound, another offensive rebound. And I'm going, man – you're not going to make 100% of your shots, but if you can if you can help your team by getting those offensive rebounds, it just gives you a greater opportunity, no-brainer, to, to score more points. And they took full advantage of that, scoring 106 points against LSU. And look, LSU's no slouch. Uh, they're 12-5 and five now, but 12-4 and four to start that uh, before that game started. So we're not talking about a – I don't even know what their strength of schedule is, but we're not talking about a slouch basketball team. Uh, in LSU, uh, it's not so. a tough. It's not a tough schedule, but it's not easy to uh, college basketball. I mean, you have so many teams that are mid majors that can beat a team on any given day. I know, you know, like they say that about football in the NFL, but it's true. These players, and and the longer it goes on, you see more upsets in the NCAA tournament. These smaller schools, there's so many basketball players out there because a football team has 53 guy or 80 something guys on it in college. Well, basketball team can hold like 14 or 15 tops, I think. So there's so many more players, and it's such a popular sport because it's, you know, a lot of black people like to play, I'm just saying. but uh, So there's a lot of those to go around. So there's a lot of teams that get really good players that they're not big schools. Some of them you never even heard of before, like honestly. I, I would have to just say there's no – I don't know how you're correlating – that a lot of black people like to play with, you know, a lot of players being available. I would, I agree with you. Well, there's a lot of black people. I know. I agree that uh, there are, with your assessment. Okay, there's a lot of black athletes that are athletic. How about that? I mean, that is a, that's almost like, you know, you're repeating yourself. But with that being said, I agree with your assessment that in football, a football team can can truly suck up a decent amount of talent, so there's not always as much to go around. Even though there are superior athletes on every top, you know, power five uh, football team. Now, with that being said, it kind of it kind of gets regulated in a sense because you can only have so, you only want so many quarterbacks on your roster, uh, so many running backs, etc. But with basketball, I do think that trail runs pretty deep. And like you say, you get 14, 16-man roster. There's plenty of talent to go around. So now it comes down to your ability to coach the player. Um, hey, real quick, I want to say this. If we ever had listeners to this podcast, like a lot of them, they're going to dive back and try to call me a racist. But you can go to hell. How about that? Okay, that comment was brought to you by Josh Moran as he watches TV. It is what it is. Um, I mean, if, if you look, if you look at, uh, 
major basketball, college basketball programs, the NBA, if you look at the NFL and college football, it kind of goes without saying that the superior athletes in the country that are playing the sport are black. I don't, I don't know. They're why just that more. At, look, as a whole, black people are better athletes. I'm not saying we ain't got some Christian McCaffrey. Just saying. Uh, yeah. Okay. Not, not saying they're not out there. I'm just pointing it out. The people that can run the fastest, jump the highest, are black Americans or African blacks or wherever they're at. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, I mean, it, it goes. And that's saying. not racist. I'm not, I'm not calling you racist. I think. I'm talking to cancel culture in the future. They can shut the hell up. Okay. Cancel culture. Shut the hell up. And Josh, no need to state the obvious from now and on. And my address is. Oh, it sounds a lot like your bank account. With that being said, um, we'll move on to the third quarter. And really, the third quarter of this particular show is dry. So we'll. Okay, I got something for you. I can start it off. We'll start right now with our saving correspondent, Austin Dash, to see what he has going on because I have brought nothing to the table for the third quarter. And Dash, go. I. Go ahead, Dash. Dash went black. I don't know. I haven't even looked. You know, I wonder, I think to myself, if there's any frustration in the Saban camp because this Bill O'Brien situation is taking so long and uh, Dabo got to the TCU uh, offensive coordinator more quickly. Now, with that being said, I know Josh is not high on Cliff Kingsbury, but you know he does. He does uh, have the ability. Now guys, I got to be honest with you. I found a pic. I, I found a picture of Bill O'Brien, and I want you to look at uh, who our offensive coordinator is. There he is. Look at that dumb, ugly, stupid face right there. He had a great can, face can when he see? showed up because we had high expectations. Hang on, hang on, Quincy Lane. Let me draw it a little better. That. What the hell is that butt chin right there? Hey, Superman had a butt chin. <laughs> I'm just kidding, dude. Okay. Sorry, okay, Austin. Now you're kidding. Okay. <laughs> hey, I got one thing I need to ask you guys. Have you seen this? Now, I would like to ask anyone out there, how is this an accurate depiction of the actual photo of them? This one. I, I don't even know. Can y'all know. see that? I don't know how to answer that, and um, I'm one to give art the opportunity to express itself, but I do not know, I do not know if... I don't know you want me to the, tell you my theory? You want me no, to tell I'm you my theory? I'm not done with mine. I'm not done with mine. Okay, yet, go ahead. Go ahead. With but you. I'll let you. I don't. I don't think the artist maybe thought through every angle because from one side it looks, it looks like somebody holding a liver, 
And from another angle, it looks it's like a penis. holding a male genitalia. And then oh, a the, lever, oh, a lever on the one side here. At um, at a particular angle, you kind of get the idea of the embrace, <laughs> and then Look you and one. then you understand it. But I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know that this does. I don't know that it does justice um, to the legacy they're trying to portray. I, I think, it, in my opinion, it's ugly, it's a fail, and it doesn't make sense to me. So, <laughs> yeah. Quincy, I have a theory on this. See, so I don't know if y'all remember this back there, the George Floyd thing, um, and his daughter was coming out and saying. Uh, that her, her daddy would have been pissed off at what was going on. So my theory is some of these woke artists don't necessarily have a very high opinion of MLK. So instead of making something that, say, making something that would actually commemorate them, they made something that would make them uh, look bad, which is a big penis. Does it? Because art's ugly. So I guarantee you this idiot in his woke circles is going to go around and all his little art friends are going to go, oh, my God, it's so good. I saw what you were trying to do there. <laughs> I can't believe I'm friends with you. That's how these people think. And all the normies out here like us are like, that's a penis. It does. It, it just does not. You ever seen a picture of corn pop? but the bottom part's blacked out. That's what the rest of it looks like. Well, let me, um, let me change gears here when you're done talking about this sculpture. Cause I, I don't, I don't man, know. I need some banter back and forth, dude. You're, you're too scared to talk in front of these other Christians right here. I'm scared to talk in front of what Christians? The, the one with the bald head right there. That one. Why am I See afraid it? to talk in front of Austin? I, I already said it looks like a liver and it looks like male genitalia. What say, a, the, what say the word penis, Quincy. Maybe you like having that in your mouth, but uh, I I said what I thought was right. Whatever. Male, geni male genitalia is not the fucking word for it. Sorry. But whatever. Well, Uncle Bill's not even on here today, so I can cuss. He's going to listen to it, though. So let me say what he's going to say. Gosh, I'm going to get in it. She's going to... Pop you in the mouth. And we hope she does. Okay. With that being she said. She have long arms because I'm in Texas. <clears throat> well, maybe she'll uh, reach out with the embrace and smack you. <laughs> <laughs> what? She's going to smack me? She's going to smack me in the head with the... Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> that, I'm not going to say it. I just got to say that that doesn't... To me, that does no, no justice to... Um, it's a mockery. It's a mockery to, of the man. To commemorate uh, what MLK stood for. Uh, Agreed. And uh, happy birthday to him. Generally, in back in school, I would get that day off because it was so close to my birthday from time to time. Uh, that being said, here are the top candidates to replace Bill O'Brien. Uh, Frank Reich. Oh, Bob. Frank Reich. Uh Checks two of Saban's box. He's proven himself as a winner, and uh, he needs very little rehab when it comes to coaching, whatever that means. He was the uh, offensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. 
uh, for their Super Bowl run in 2017. Now this one, I don't, I don't understand how we could even get this guy, but I got shivers when I read it. Um, Joe Brady, why would he come back to college football? Um, it would be I incredible. Have no idea. It would be incredible if he did come back, make another run, get another championship. Uh, let's see. We're looking. Well, he's at just. A, he's just a. He. A reason he could come back is because coming back as the offensive coordinator for Bama is a better job than being a quarterbacks coach for the Bills. Fair enough. Garrett Riley, he's gone. He's already taken. Dabo Sweeney has has picked him up. Uh, Casey. No doubt. Uh, Casey Woods currently serving, well, I, currently serves as the offensive coordinator for Southern Miss, uh, Southern Methodist, excuse me, so SMU. But moving from the ACC to Alabama would hardly be a lateral move, so who knows what that would look like. Um, he had SMU putting up 40.2 points a game, 480 yards, uh, 2,900 uh, passing yards, 1,300 rushing yards. He coached at Auburn for two years. I don't want him. He's and I also He's don't. And what I also don't want is a guy that can score seven points on Georgia in the championship game. I didn't hear that. I said what I also don't want is a guy that can only score seven points on Georgia in the, in the uh, national championship game because I expect Bama to be back there. Very, very, very true. Now he's uh he's not at TCU. Um TC that that was the guy from uh SMU. I'm, so, I'm talking about Garrett Riley. Yeah, yeah. He's uh he yeah, did not have him. his finest day. Um with that being well, said, I mean, next, that just means that Clemson's not gonna win another national championship. The next guy is Kendall Browse. So what Art Browse uh offspring. Um he's one of the candidates and that that will that'll round it out. So those are some of the top candidates. Um, when is Bill O'Brien's contract up? Because that's when we're really going to know. I think it's in February. No, it's not. It's in February of this year. Uh-uh. I think it ends this February. I'm going to look. I think. Hang on. Well, that was a very intriguing question because that's not one that I had brought up. All the talk has really been, you know, relative to the D.C. position just because that particular spot is available. There's not a lot of other talk going on. That article was February the 28th. That's when his contract is up? Yes, 2023, February 28th. Totally. Well, yeah, of course. The season's over. You want to instill confidence. Everybody knows, hey, we're getting our guys coming back. We got continuity. But no, we don't want that. That's not I, what we I, want. I do think that uh, he can be successful as an offensive coordinator in the pro and the pro uh, format, in the pro setting. I just do not believe that uh, Forest College football goes. I don't believe Bill O'Brien is the right guy. And uh, I think Saban definitely gave him – 
gave him a lot of freedom to do what he was going to do, even though Coach took responsibility. But he did talk, you know, throughout the throughout the year from the podium at the press conference to talk about what his expectations were. Now, why he's not doing that um, otherwise, you know, in who knows what he's talking about behind closed doors, but just for that to be said. So with me, I mean, I'm with you, Austin, and uh, I think it's important that we understand he has not – he definitely hasn't renewed that contract, so he is not coming back. We just need to know – who is and I, and it's likely that they already have talks going on that's why you don't see some of these other names being hired elsewhere so i would say we have a we probably have like a 1 to 2 week maximum before we understand who it is because we need to get back on the recruiting trail um, as soon as that time starts and we need to get ready for this spring game and and look at what kind of an offense we're going to run so who knows what's going to happen there, but I think that I think that's a great question when the attention this week has really been on Pete Golding and his his move over to Ole Miss. So I feel pretty good about our game against Ole Miss uh, when it comes time because we have the recipe to beat one Pete. I don't. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Whatever you say. <laughs> well, here's the thing: is he has a new boss, and, and I don't think that boss um, – the boss operates differently. So maybe he does get better because he's not working for Saban, and maybe Saban – maybe it was just too much. Because, um, you know, you we've all heard that Saban can be very tough to work with. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, we're going to get a chance to face him again. Next year's game is going to be in Tuscaloosa, so he'll probably get a, a fine <coughs> welcome back. To I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna boo the guy. I mean, but no, I just I'm, want, I'm not I just either. Want, I, somebody's I he, gonna boo his ass. I think he did the best with what he had to work with. I think he's gonna go to Ole Miss. Hey, and he's Quincy, gonna, he's gonna be better. Yeah. Guess what he had to work with? The best players. What do you mean he had did the best with what he had to work with? His ability to coach. No, here's what you should have said. He did his best. Which is not good enough for us. I stand beside what I said. With his current skill set, he did the best that uh, he had to work. No, you with. said he did the best. With, okay, so you meant with what he had of his own tools to work with, yes. not the players. Yes, one hundred percent. Okay, because I was like, "What in the hell is going on here?" No, that's exactly that's exactly what I meant. So, with that being well, said, if uh, is is there anything else anybody wants to bring out before we bring this party down? No, I'm pretty. It's pretty cool. I learned how to do that. Now we just need to get better at it. And uh, can you send me a PDF? Can you send me a PDF of uh, this right here, our Bama Sports Review picture? Yeah. So, like, I'll just share the screen the whole time, and when I'm not doing a video, I'll just say that on it or something. Okay. Down yeah, below well, it or something. Just uh, or we can just like, or we can just play like a movie in the background that's really dumb. And if I want to show something, we can show it. That all sounds like an offer I can't refuse, but I most likely might. And we got to start incorporating some Twitter feed into this too, like because... yeah, I, I think so. And it and at some point, you know, the hope is that at some point we can actually do the show live. I think that would be a lot of fun. But you know, right now I think it's important that we just continue to gel together and learn about the things we want to talk about. 
keep this the is family. Mo- this is money right here. This is money. Keep the family discussion going because I really enjoy that. Is that Skip Bayless? Yes, it is. I got to tell you, man, I like Skip now. I don't like his opinions, but I like him as a person because he did not back down to the woke mob when he said what he said about the DeMar Hamley situation. Uh, I got what he was saying. I understood it. And just like yesterday, he said, uh, Kirk Cousins time, and everybody's ripping him saying, what, you're stupid for thinking Kirk Cousins is going to win. And he's like, well, I I meant he was going to lose. I actually bet on him to lose. And it's like, he's just, he is a gooberhead, but at least he, he said on live air, he's like, I'm not going to take back what I said because I stand by my statement. I respect that. I do too. As a matter of fact, I do too. And I, and it's, you can really appreciate um, somebody who says what they mean and means what they say and then is not going to back down from it. You don't always have to like it, but this is America. You have freedom of speech. Um, so say what you must. There are some consequences that come along with it, but say what you must. And with that yeah, man, said, I mean, free speech is free speech, but that doesn't mean you need to walk around being an asshole to everybody and threatening them and doing stupid shit. Sorry, well, Aunt Cindy. My bad. No, free speech doesn't allow for, you know, uh, threats. You, you, there is a law that protects people from, from that. So Not just threats, um, but just being a walking ass. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, if that's the case, then, you know, we'd But have that's still free that. speech, though. That's still free speech. We don't want you to But that doesn't that. mean you should do that. Yeah, well, it's a biblical principle. All things are lawful, but not all things are profitable. You need to take that and, and roll it with speech and actions. Would you agree? Yes. Uh, well, I mean, I guess, from just a moral standpoint. Yeah, I mean, that's that's where we're talking. All right, that's what we have. Anything from the secondary dash um, that we need to know about? Anything at all? All right, go enjoy your eating? time. He Where is. Y'all oh yeah, yeah. Give us give us a little color on that, Mister Taco. All right, all right. Hey Dash, um, are you ever gonna give? Are you ever going to give this carnivore diet a try, bro? I mean, just just 30 days. That's all. We just need to start with 30 days. You can do it on the cheap. And uh, let's just give it the college try, and let's look at it after 30 days and see how you feel. I already know how you're going to feel, but um, let's do it sometime, man. I'm... You know, I've been, I've been, I've been doing the diet now. This is 2023, so this is my fifth year doing it. So, I feel, I feel fantastic. Um, my, my, the numbers from the doctor are great. Um, blood pressure is great. Cholesterol is great. Everything's great, great, great. So, if I except for over, his opinion, except for his opinion of himself. You know that I mean I'm not going to dispute that I I've got loose skin that I want to get rid of and I I want to continue to lead out and build muscle and you know that's that's my prerogative right Yeah okay okay well with that being said Have some confidence Enjoy uh enjoy Mr. Taco Taco Señor Yeah Hey why don't you, hey have some pink taco later And there you go. 
Thanks for that. That's I, the I, best I, kind. I'm not going to dispute that. Um, anyway, that is Austin Dash. He is Josh Moran. I'm Quincy hey, Moran. Real quick, and, real quick. And, uh, the, the best and, thing about and, that is there's zero calories. Uncle Bill. I apologize, but we're adults. And uh, that we are. All right, let's this is my podcast. So he is Austin Dash, our saving correspondent, the other Moran brother, Josh Moran, and me, Quincy, the Q Dog. And this is the BS Podcast. Roll tide, everybody. Roll tide, y'all. Later, Austin.